Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week we are joined by the one and only Cole Ross. You guys know Cole Ross. He's one half of the Dark Souls podcast on Fireside Chat, as well as one half of the DuckFeed.tv network that hosts a whole range of podcasts from comedy to serious podcasts to all kinds of stuff. Uh, It was a delight to talk to Cole and kind of find out his process for playing the games alongside the podcast and also finding out how he came to it. Um, as always, if you want to be on the show, send me an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com and we'll see about getting you on. Thank you and enjoy the episode. have you on because uh if it wasn't for you and gary i wouldn't even be doing this show you guys kind of brought me into the world of podcasting and got me addicted to it and then start, raised your prices so that i couldn't have it all the time so i had to go find my own shit um <laughs> yeah and uh damn it <laughs> i know so i guess for my first souls question um is like why do you hate dark souls 3 so much <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is tough. So before Dark Souls 3 came out, um, having seen and having been through kind of the the hype and back, backlash cycle around Dark Souls 2 and just kind of like seeing the community kind of like just, just and not take a left turn, but just become a little bit more persnickety about exactly what they expected from these things. I was very vocal in saying that like, oh, the backlash on Dark Souls 3 is going to make like the backlash against like Mass Effect 3 or, you know, pick any other like disappointing third entry in a series. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to be the Matrix. You know, it's, it's going to be received as the Matrix revolutions of, you know, Dark Souls, um, even though, you know what, it's probably going to be OK. It's probably going to, you know, <laughs> be just like Dark Souls 2 was a really good game with some problems, mm-hmm. you know, and we're just going to have to be. You know, uh, God, this is going to make me sound terrible. We're we're kind of just going to have to be adults and you know accept that, and then talk about talk about it on its own terms and talk about those things when when it when it gets there. But try not to let the narrative run out of control. Yeah, and I'm, um, I'm sure it's pretty difficult too to like just because you guys are kind of essential figures, and when people think about like discussing Dark Souls, like Bonfireside Chat is is a I, I would think a kind of a big thing now in the Dark Souls community. So I'm sure you guys get emails and tweets and Facebook messages to like, no matter what it is about someone else's opinion or your opinion or whatever. So like, I'm sure it's hard to just like actually slowly form your own opinions about those things and not <laughs> let it be affected by the, the internet community as a large, as a, as a whole. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I think, I think Gary and I, Gary, the, the, the co-host on the show, um, you know, we're so contrary, contrarian that even if we got like a bunch of stuff saying this and, you know, X is Y, we would immediately skip and say, you know, no, X is X or X is Z. Damn mm-hmm. you for trying to put that in my, in my <laughs> head. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, that, that, that's, that's just kind of the way we are. And also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in a self-imposed bubble about a lot of this stuff and trying very hard to let the opinion kind of like roll up as we talk about it, because 
you know, after Dark Souls 1, which is the only game that I played before we had the show, you know, from Demons onward, you know, in the order of stuff that we covered, like, you know, doing the show is a big part of how I arrive at a lot of my conclusions, right? Or at least solidify them Mm -hmm. as it goes, right? You know, this stuff to me doesn't exist without conversation. Just like, you know, for a lot of people when they're, when they're in their threads or when they're tweeting back and forth with people, I think, I think everybody, you know, to me, okay, I'm projecting here. I think a lot of people are, it's pretty common regardless of where the conversation takes place, whether it's in text um, on a forum or, you know, any, anywhere else like that. I think a lot of people, you know, have their initial opinions and then what ultimately they come away from with, uh, from the experience with what they ultimately come away with is going to be, um, you know, just like a synthesis of all of that right there. And for me, you know, it's just kind of like talking with Gary and the guests and, and, and that gets there. I didn't expect the backlash on dark souls three to come from us. And I certainly <laughs> didn't expect, you know, I don't think we're being unreasonable. You know, I think that we are mentioning this stuff when it comes up. And when you say like, oh, you know, we're, we're pretty big central figures and stuff like that. Like podcasting is such a small sliver of the pie when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, you know, we're not, you know, we're not pulling YouTube numbers. We're not pulling even like, Hey, here is like, we're weirdly enough, like the dissertation length pieces on an, on an individual game things like uh, the think like the uh, the pale blood hunt mm-hmm. by red grave mm-hmm. right like those pull big numbers and those get shared and those get kind of like chopped up and excerpted and become sources you know even for us like that has that has big spread and those i think drive more conversation than than, than we do and we really don't get an awful lot of heat it feels like we're getting more this season because of um you know because it's showing up at itunes reviews yeah more now which is just kind of like they keep talking about the you know these callback problems and just like oh man we we already know you hate this can you stop talking about hating it first off i i never said i hated it it just it just annoys me yeah like um, that, that's always funny to me that people on the internet jump to that that in conclusion immediately like i have a problem with x and they're like well why do you hate this game and i said well not i don't i mean that's not i didn't <laughs> it immediately puts you on the defensive of having to defend an opinion that you've never really had or you don't really particularly care about <laughs> like i just this one thing just happens to annoy me <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, just we we try really hard to be honest about this stuff, and so I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say something doesn't bother me, or like, you know, say <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, let, let me think of a good way to say this because I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling here. Um, if we make a claim, or if we are, you know, led to believe a claim, or trying to, you know, get people to understand the way we feel something, like we have to mention that stuff when it comes up. Right. Like Mm -hmm. all of that is evidence for the thesis and that can become evidence for something later. Like it's there. So we have to talk about it. And just like people wanted us to fixate and talk about the negative in Dark Souls 2 when, you know, really, you know, we saw it and we commented on it. And, you know, the, the, the unsatisfactory thing there was when we said something good without immediately firing back and saying, but you know, the hip frames are bad <laughs> or, you know, yeah. like, the, like it's, it's not a co- cohesive world. Like, you know, we're, the, the, this stuff kind of has to exist almost in compartments and then kind of be brought, brought together later. Like I don't, I can't, I can't sit there and like not mention, not, <laughs> not mention how weird it is that Siegbert exists and he exists as he, as he does. And, you know, 
I, I just I, I can't focus only on the positive of that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and if you're there's there's two things at work. I think that the audience expects you guys to somehow have like this very clinical approach to these games. And on one hand you do, but like, I think they leave out the fact that you're human beings with opinions and mm-hmm. while something can be objectively good or bad, like inherently a podcast is a very subjective thing. Like you're expressing your opinion on a piece of work. Like it's, it's not going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it doesn't mean you're 100% one way or the other. So yeah, it's experience. It's it's experiential. I think we're all you know on the same journey a little bit with these, especially on the 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 lore side. You, you know, mm-hmm. like the, the the mechanics. That's a little bit beyond my beyond my grasp in a lot of ways. Like I have an opinion about the poise thing, but like in general, I think Dark Souls Three feels and plays really great. But on the lore side, you know, anybody who cares about that, we're all in the same boat, and we're all looking at the at the same stuff that's on the page and trying to draw a comparison. And, you know, I think that, like, when you look at the experience of that, like, we are clinical about looking at the actual examples of stuff that's there and kind of, like, proceeding almost beat by beat through this and, you know, pointing out stuff that is either, you know, like, thumbs up, cool, or thumbs down, bad. But, like, it, you know, it's a little bit like that moment when Ralphie gets the decoder ring and finds out it's a... It's a, a um, a commercial for Ovaltine, you know, son <laughs> yeah. of a bitch is just a callback. Like I wanted to add up to so much more. And I think yeah. that that is, that is where that disappointment in the experience comes out, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not like I stopped there. You can hear us talk through, you know, suppositions and you can, you can hear us talk through, um, you know, our speculation about this stuff or, you know, extend the benefit of the doubt. But ultimately, you know, we kind of have to, you know, decide whether or not there's enough there for that just to, you know, to be anything more than headcanon. Right. And it just, it's disappointing when the answer is no, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it is, that, that it is just a callback. And, you know, to, to, to be, to be honest, that is the only thing that really bothers me about dark souls three, you know, it's a big thing and it's a pervasive systemic thing that goes all the way up to the very last minutes. And it could very well be resolved by the DLC when it comes out. But, you know, we have to, you know, live in the moment and live our truth and all of that hippy dippy stuff. And you also don't want to wait till all of that stuff is out and and then try to do the show after the fact. I mean, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense either because you guys are like trying to deal with the work as it is right now. And it's kind of mm-hmm. it maybe sounds a little pretentious to say work, but like it just the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, <laughs> you know, and you have to you have to deal with it as <laughs> oh, it comes yeah. out. So, yeah, and it's not it's not like everybody okay, everybody we've agreed that we're all going to wait to play this and think about this, you know, until after the last <laughs> the last page is written, right? Like no, we're talking about the game all of us played that first week. I mean, Bamco couldn't even <laughs> wait to like for the release date before they started putting shit out. So, yeah. Like. And, and there, there there are there are crass business reasons for that too. I mean, we you know, we we see we see huge numbers increases mm-hmm. and you know, donation increases and Patreon increases. All of that um off the back of a new game release. Like that is that is important like you know we want to be a part of the event and part of the fanfare but i think that first thing is more important which is you know we're talking about the game that exists we have a whole season that was retconned basically out of existence because of the existence of scholar of the first set but i've actually you know, we're, been on the slack before where people say like hey i'm listening to this episode and i'm playing dark souls 2 but i'm not seeing the same stuff and i'm like yeah you're you're not playing the right game right. yeah and you know like you can't be upset about that no, not at all. Not at all. Ostensibly, there's a better version of that game that exists now. Like, and that's a good thing uh-huh. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I don't want to talk too much about like the meta around the game and like how to how we deal with internet trolls and kind of and people yeah. that can't seem to stop <laughs> expressing their opinion. Um, I, I, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't even say they're trolls, and I wouldn't take their I wouldn't take their opinion away from them. No, I just, no not at all. Yeah. You know, I, I I bristle I bristle at the idea of like somebody else exerting uh, uh, editorial control over the show or attempting to like you guys should the second I hear should I power down. Um, And also uh, I like dark souls three a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Like even like I'm on record for not particularly for for liking dark souls two. I think a little bit less than you and Gary ended up with on the show, Mm -hmm. even with the scholar version. But like, I, I have to remind myself when we're talking about those Dark Souls games, especially to other people in the Dark Souls community, like I still have like 400 hours into that game. Like I don't have 400 <laughs> hours into hardly anything. <laughs> like I probably, I don't have four hours of attention that I've paid to my dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's, it's really, you have to make yourself think like, okay, like it's, even though you don't prefer yeah. it as much, it's still like a very good quality thing. Like it's still a, a still yeah. a good thing. <clears throat> a bunch of this exists on the margin and yeah. you know, yeah. I, it, like there, there, there is a subtlety and nuance to that. Agreed. What was, um, I, I kind of vaguely remembered a story, and I think you guys covered this in the podcast, and this is always a little weird. I've recorded um, CJ and Patty in the past as well, and it's always mm-hmm. weird asking them their stories because, like, this stuff exists on their podcast. Your stuff exists on your podcast, but... But it's it's hidden. It's hidden in so many bodily fluid tangents. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys talk about bodily fluid more than you talk about Dark Souls, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, what was like? I vaguely remember you bouncing off of Dark Souls, which a lot of people um, do on their first time through. Yeah, I think the like the like the rejection. It's almost like the hero's journey. The the hero has to reject the quest and then accept it, right? Um, and we talked about that even in our live show, like uh, when, uh the one we did at uh, the Ohio Game Developers Expo, where somebody you know like asked and said like, "Man, I've played Dark Souls three or played Dark Souls." Um, and I just, I just couldn't get into it. Like, I understand everything you're saying here. And like, the, like it is a common story where you like, you go into it and then just like it lays dormant in your system. It's like how chicken pox turns into shingles, except shingles is appreciating one of the best games of a generation. Um, <laughs> but, um, so you had, my, you had my, much different chicken pox than I did. <laughs> I suppose. No, my chicken pox was being killed by a skeleton. This is a very oh. strange metaphor. Um, <laughs> Um, no so i i never played demon souls because i didn't have a playstation 3 until until way later uh than that came out but i heard about it by you know its reputation right like demon souls when it came out it had a had a small but dedicated following and all the reviews like you know look back to like the zero punctuation about it everything kind of like talked up how difficult this game is and like my my buddy dennis uh from from the level he, uh, you know, played a bunch of Demon Souls and like we talked about it and he said, yeah, there's this swamp where you just die. I'm like, OK, well, that sounds like it might not be for me. So fast forward to when Dark Souls came out uh, in October of 2011, I was unemployed or under- underemployed rather. I graduated, wasn't able to get a full time job and I was still working at GameStop. 
and um, and I checked out a copy of Dark Souls. Um, if you go to a GameStop and try to buy a new game and it is open, please ask them to give you a shrink-wrapped one because the open one has been played by an employee. Um, See, so I checked at, at out... Babbage's, when I worked at Babbage's, we just had a shrink-wrap machine in the bag, so we would just shrink-wrap <laughs> the shit back up after we were done with it. You, nothing okay. new is at a GameStop. <laughs> I can promise you. Here, here, here's the thing. You can tell the difference between the, uh, between the ones that are shrink-wrapped in the store. The ones that are shrink-wrapped in the store have the seam around the edge, whereas mm-hmm. the factory shrink-wrap has the full it's almost like gift wrapped uh, that's just my little <laughs> PSA um, but uh, but I checked out uh, Dark Souls because like oh it's for the 360 and I have that system cool let's play it and you know let's just insert the same story that everybody has lived you, know, you get out of the asylum and you think hey skeletons are usually trash to your enemies in in video games I'm going to go down here um, because you know this guy told me go up and go down um, and uh, you're going to find some bells there. I find these these skeletons that uh, cause me to give up uh, because they keep coming back, and that's just that isn't that isn't the way that you want to go. Right when you know the crow drops you off, and I had a lot of like just frustrations with it. It felt a little staid. It felt a little you know the, the interface was kind of bad. I I laughed at the intro, like just uh, like the the scaleless dragon and the the Lord of Skeletons, like all these names and just this weird stuff that like it, it hints at something bigger, but like just on its face, if you're just coming to it, like, uh, okay, without knowing the significance, like it's really, really goofy. <laughs> it kind of reads like and, a uh, Piers Anthony novel, right? Like with the kind of, kind of goofy, like the scaleless dragon, like in the, you know, the princess with no underwear or whatever, like, yeah. <laughs> oh God, Piers Anthony. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> and also I had like concerns like on the Xbox 360, you know, your primary attack, your R1 is on the shittiest button on the controller, the right button, the the, the right bumper, yeah. you know, like this thing that rattles around and sometimes sticks. And it's just like, man, they're asking me like, why would they put this important thing on there? It was like a bunch of ultimately petty things. But, you know, because of the game's reputation that like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't treat the it doesn't treat the player like a baby, you know, it just expects a lot of you. This is difficult. I went the wrong way and felt like it was my fault. Gotcha. And not the games for being, you know, like for for either you know, poorly signaling or encouraging you, like when you know what it's actually doing, encouraging you to go elsewhere. You know, like yeah, I I I took ownership of that and have like took responsibility. I was like, this just might not be the game for me. And and at this point, like as a in 2011, like what, what kind of games were you playing? Like what was your go-to video games? Um, at that point, I, you guys, I think you had the podcast, right? Like you guys were doing watch out for fireballs. Um, yeah, we had just started. You had just started that. So, I mean, you were playing like retro games and stuff, but like for your, you know, for your like stress relief games, for your, for your fun mm-hmm. games, what were you playing? It was even still, uh, it was even still the r- retro stuff. Like okay. hot, like that, that, that summer kind of like just, uh, I had been playing like breath of fire three and like even, you know, like late into that summer, early fall, I had just wrapped up. Um, I just wrapped up final fantasy 12, you okay. know, so not quite like mm-hmm. super retro, but still like, you know, a little bit older. And like, that was a, that was a money concern as well. But like, I would be checking out stuff like, you know, like modern things, like pretty much whatever, whatever kind of, B tier stuff that anybody would play. Like, I'm not going to say like Deus Ex Human Revolution is B tier, but it's not like AAA. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, huge release kind of thing. Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, almost kind of like PC experiences on consoles. So it's like, oh, here's, here's Deus Ex Human Revolution. Like, 
I you know, was playing like a oh gosh, like Dead Island. That was really bad. Um, and then my <laughs> my 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 usual uh, kind of like retinue of just survival horror games that I go back and play over and over again. So like, I'm you know I, I wasn't you know a stranger to like systems based stuff like RPGs and things like that. You know, Final Fantasy and Dark Souls are not the same at all, but. You know, it, it wasn't like I was, you know, kind of new to the idea uh, that a game would kind of require a little bit of extra patience from you. Gotcha. Okay. And that's what I was getting yeah. after. Like, if you were at that point, if you were used to, like, looking at a game and going, okay, systems exist, and they may not explain them specifically <laughs> to me, and I might have to figure them out. This was, this was possibly the most obtuse game I played in a while up to that point. You know, like it was, you know, like it, it just not every game is going to explain itself entirely. But this game seemed to actively not just not explain itself, but lie to you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's very specifically lies to you at the very beginning of the game with the um the misprint on the the gift, the the ring or whatever, <laughs> which, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is still very funny to me that through six or seven versions and patches and dlc that they've just never bothered to fix that tiny little item description <laughs> i love that so much for some reason yeah well i mean which which just makes it seem intentional which is which is fine yeah, but, which is totally uh, fine. yeah. so you went down and you met the skellies and the skellies um promptly rebuffed you and you just put the game down at that point you took it back to gamestop re-shrink wrapped it put it back on the shelf <laughs> yep i took it back um and i i let it sit for like a month all right um and in that month, I was reading some more about it, you know, just as it, as it went along, actually reading the Something Awful thread about the original Dark Souls and just kind of like getting little hints of the you know, little hints and snippets about, you know, people solving problems in different ways and like seeing stuff that like would be like really late game spoilers. Like, you, oh, guys, you guys are never going to believe how I got back to the asylum. I was like, wait back to the asylum i assume it's on the other side of the world like what is what is going on and just heard like these little snippets and just like read these beginner guide kind of things saying like oh you totally shouldn't roll decks on your first character and i was like oh well i rolled like a swordsman kind of guy or whatever the uh like the wanderer is right mm -hmm. and i was like okay well that's probably oh well, that's probably bad and just like i was like oh i, I like I, th there are a couple of other decisions that i could make in this that would actually make this feel better you know all the way down to like don't go to the don't go down dummy just like look up see that aqueduct and go there and all of a sudden like oh like that's where the real dark souls starts <laughs> you, you know not to not to use the meme i'm using the meme for the exact opposite purpose of what most people say like oh that's where this game starts to become possible and that's where you can kind of like start engaging with it and so i i got my first full-time job you know like like my, my my first big boy job um and to celebrate you know i did the most uh kind of like illogical of things I used, you know, money I didn't have, you know, from a paycheck I was going to get in two weeks to go and just buy this game because like I want to I want to take a shot at it now. Like I want to meet it on its on its real terms. Mm -hmm. And then like, you know, I spent about 16 hours in the Berg and then a month later I was done with the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I like, you know, it, it had laid dormant in my system for, for for long enough and then I fell down that deep, dark hole. When was the first time that you kind of started seeing the, um, like, obviously you, you mentioned the intro, like, and that kind of lays out all of the bosses and everything that you're going to be fighting. But when was the first time that you started seeing like a kind of the hidden story that is the, the main meat of Dark Souls one? Cause it took me a long time to realize that 
because when you pick up a sword, like you go look at the sword and you're like, okay, well, this sword has X damage, whatever. And then you're flicking through, hitting the X button, and it's like, okay, here's this like three paragraph description of this sword. <laughs> I don't need that garbage. I'm looking for the numbers. <clears throat> and it took me a long time to stop and realize, like, oh, wait, this, this game is telling me a story through these things. Like, did somebody point that out to you or did you come to that on your own or how did that happen? Uh, that's a really good question, he said, stalling. Um, you know, it's. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember exactly because you know just the 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 direct narrative it never really reveals itself until uh until until Kath shows up and even in and even then it's very clearly like go rescue the princess i have weird teeth um <laughs> yeah i i think the second i realized more things were connected than not oh you know were probably those instances where you read about somebody or read about a place um, or a character and then immediately or, you know, eventually meet that person. So let's say like reading about Big Hat Logan and uh, Logan, and that's a that's a name that sticks in your head. Right. Mm-hmm. And then meeting him and then realizing like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, it builds in enough of that mystery promise. All of a sudden I could meet anybody and perhaps go anywhere that I read about in these things. Like, you know, this isn't just legend, you know, this is like living legend and all the timey wiminess and stuff is bringing this is bringing this all together. But like, that is where I decided to like start tuning into the game's frequency. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that absolutely makes sense. I think someone very specifically had to tell me, like, I want to say it was right around the time that um, I couldn't figure out how to progress. And they were like, what did you read the item description of the key? And I was like, the what of the what? No, <laughs> I didn't bother with that. Like there should just be like a yellow exclamation point somewhere in the world that I could get to. <laughs> <want> to. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's like survival horror stuff. Like when you, when you pick up a key in a resident evil game, you like, it'll just say a key, but then you go and examine it and it says, Oh, this is the, you know, the rhododendron key. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I need to look for a door that has a flower on it. Like, okay, cool. And then all of a sudden it's renamed or, you know, like that is, you know, that is very, very clearly like an adventure game, RPG game kind of thing that they're requiring of you. Yeah, I think I was just so because at the time of my life, when I first started playing Dark Souls, like I was very much just playing like action games and things like and I was just so used to kind of just like this game is just going to carry me along on a like a on a, <laughs> on a on a wave of awesome, you know, cutscenes and cool stuff that my player character is doing. And yeah, Dark Souls didn't have any of that. Yeah, well, I mean, like you're we're, we're used to games wanting you to see everything about them. Mm hmm. You know, in a, in a lot of ways, or if we're not, that's a, that's a little bit like part of the, uh, you know, part of the contract between between the developer and the player, right? Like I remember, oh gosh, this was like back in the mid '90s or something. I was over at a friend's house, and I brought over my copy of Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, and we were playing that, and I was showing it to him, and you know, we were, we, were, we were looking there, and like we passed by a screen, and there was a rock on the ground. He's like. Wait, go, go there, go there and like, look at that rock. And I went there and I picked it up and I threw it. And he's like, okay, go, go back and bomb it. I'm like, well, I've already been there. Like I've already tried that. And he said, the developers wouldn't have spent time putting it there if that, if it didn't mean something. Hmm. And I was like, that's 
psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, where do you, like, where do you draw the line? Because, uh, you know, because like, you know, like, do I, like every wall tile, do I have to hit that? Like, and maybe, maybe I'm revealing myself to be like a Zelda noob or whatever. It, It like, it didn't even like read as a, like a really like, you know, insightful thing about games, but like it reveals a lot about just kind of like, oh, if it's there, it must mean something. Yeah. Like red herrings don't exist. And you get to something like Dark Souls, and optional content has been a thing for a long time. But like it, it feels like especially as the series has gone on, they they just couldn't care less if you see anything. <laughs> really because and that's a different it, with, with especially with uh dark souls 2 and dark souls 3 like there's huge entire areas and bosses that with gigantic lore implications like that would explicitly like retell some of the recontextualize some of the story that like you could mm-hmm. totally miss an average player could just totally miss and never see yeah like yeah. i didn't get dark Anna orlando the first time i played because i didn't think to, to kill guinevere why would you ever think you should kill the princess that you just got to that gets like rewarded you for being a good boy like oh the- <laughs> there's no way i, I would have never thought to do that yeah well I, I thought to do it because like it's a video game and you know just like i'll kill and reload but i can't reload and you know since i don't have that safety i'm not gonna try and do like weird shit yeah, you know, exactly. like that, that is a decision that alters the game forever. And you never know, like, you know, in a game where everything is forever, like in Dark Souls, except for death, oddly enough, um, your your own death, rather, um, you know, like that is a hard decision to like come to you by instinct, you know, it really is. There's so many stories of people like once they get to Firelink Shrine, immediately attacking the uh, Crestfallen Knight. And I've I've never really understood that until I started talking to people in the way they play like Skyrim or like traditional RPGs where you literally have like a quick save and quick load button and they could just do anything quick load and then be right back to where they were. And it's, it, I just, I was always very confused. Like, why would you attack that guy? He seems really sad and he tells you things. Like I was <laughs> <laughs> literally like looking at it from the perspective of the player character and they're thinking, no, 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 I, sh- I should be able to get something from it maybe. So yeah, I, yeah, like that kind of stuff really, it, it makes me happy that they they made those decisions, those design decisions, obviously very early on <laughs> in that game, to the, so that you can't do that. Yeah. Even though it can lead to very. some really frustrating moments for the character. Um, like, if you have an asshole in PvP that aggro Solera gets to you, like, that's that's a bad guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's no good. That's no good. I've done it. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. Well, uh, when you, when you finished the... You finished the game, you said, in about a month, like, after finally kind of clicking with you. Uh, how long from there, like, did you start more playthroughs? Is that when you and uh, your co-host for Bonfireside Chat started? Um, I'm I'm saying that, like, anybody listening to this show doesn't know who Bonfireside Chat is, which is a total, <laughs> total laugh. Like, that's yeah. so hilarious. <laughs> no, no. I just, you, you, you never know. Like, a, a, anything could, could be somebody's first first time. Like, when I when I said Gary there before, I clarif- clarified mm-hmm. for them. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Um, uh <laughs> Go, go go ahead. The, the the question was: Did you did you start another playthrough? Like, what was the next step after? Yeah, did you it? did you start another playthrough, or did you like start? I don't think you ever really messed around with PvP until you started the show, if I remember right. But uh, like, how long was it before you finishing it to you started discussing like the genesis of Bonfire Side Chat? Yeah. Uh, so like when I finished it, it was it was down. Um, I maybe like dipped in for like another couple of builds, but they felt, you know, similar enough where I felt myself like gravitating toward, you know, the same kind of Jack of all trades build that ended up using in, uh, the, 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 the initial playthrough. I was like, you know, I feel like I've, I feel like I've gotten a lot out of this. Um, that's in terms of playing it though, in terms of reading about it and in terms of just kind of engaging with the ideas and story, like I kept on reading, 
I kept on looking for other stuff. I stayed. Uh, eventually, the SA thread became enough of a hellscape that I didn't want to be there. But like looking up like little lore things and just reading, you know, picking up whatever I could, and you know, kind of putting the pieces together in a vacuum away from the game itself. And it stayed like that for a good long while until the PC version came out, and until uh, um, the DLC came out, and then I picked it up and you know got back through it and played that, and then that gave me a bunch more stuff to, you know, kind of engage with and think about like Artorias of the Abyss that, you know, and the prepare to die edition that fills in an awful lot about Gwyn's knights and court and all of that. Oh um, and yeah. Kind of absolutely. the past of this world mm-hmm. and the cosmos stuff. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that like nobody knows, but um, no, no, well, know, I mean, that's, again, it's a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, but, but again, like it was mostly, mostly academic. Like I played through that. And I was like, man, that was, that was really hard. Manus is kind of a son of a bitch. Calumet's kind of a son of a bitch. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to put myself through that again. Um, but when <laughs> what ended up happening was, you know, came out on the PC and that made Gary more likely to play it again. Gary co-host to Bonfire Side Chat. And, you know, we'd been we'd been doing <laughs> we're been just doing, gonna do it every um, time we mention gary we have to do it now we're just gonna have to go through the whole thing <laughs> oh oh yeah i'm gonna do it to his face um, but uh but um when uh you know just uh, it, it was it was easier to convince him to check it out once it was out on pc and once it hit like its first sale and then all of a sudden i have somebody else who i'm kind of experiencing it vicariously you know, for the for, for, I'm experiencing their first playthrough vicariously by, you know, talking with them and texting with them and checking in. And, you know, we did a bunch of this on the air until we decided, you know what, there's probably enough here for us to make a show. And thus Bonfire Side Chat was born because it it ended up taking over, uh, you know, watch out for fireballs. And we're like, let's just create a safe space for that. Sure. Yeah. Like, in, because I'm talking about this on my podcast already, I might as well have an existing podcast where I can do nothing but talk about it. Yeah. And you know, I I don't want to say that with like that kind of deep dive is a is a is a new idea. Um, but just the idea of taking one game and blowing it out to you know several different areas, like in a more zoomed in version of Bonfire Side Chat, it almost felt natural. You know, like it was kind of like, oh, like this, this would be fun. And I don't listen to something like this. I can't say if it exists elsewhere, but like, I, you know, I'd listen to it. So let's just go for it. Let's find other people who, you know, like we already know a bunch of people who, who like this game, you know, even through our community. So let's, let's just let her rip and see and see what's going on. And it seems to have worked out very, very well. Four or five seasons. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, how much does the, uh, because you, you mentioned this earlier that Dark Souls one was the only game that you got to experience like out of the context of the show. Does it, it obviously, and I've heard you mention this on the air that it, it pretty drastically changed the way that you approaches, approach these games. Um, just from, I'm probably like, I'm sure you're not just picking it up and playing it very casually. Like now you're looking at it like, okay, this is going to be this area and this is going to be this area. Like, is that something that you <laughs> like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, cause it, to me it would almost be like homework at a certain point. And I wouldn't want like my favorite game series to be like homework. So like, does that ever come to your mind or is it just something that you can kind of put away to the side as you're playing it your first time? How, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? The, uh, the, the, the homework ship sailed five years ago. Oh really? Okay. Um, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I, but you know, it's, it's fine. I, you know, I was, I was a, the, the kind of dweeb who, who, who liked homework. So I don't, I don't resent that. And I don't think that changes my relationship 
with 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 any of it really. I think the the biggest downside to it, especially in the in the wake of like you know Dark Souls two and like playing these really close after they come out, is like that first week is a real bear. Like yeah. we need to start. We need you know it is in our best interest to start the season because the closer you do that to when the game comes out. Um, you know, the, the, the better things are going to be, you know, like just the more interest there's going to be all of that. So, you know, I'm playing it at least for the first time on a far more rushed timeline, um, than other, than otherwise would. And I, you know, anybody who's like, watch my, my streams that I've done, I like to take my time and I make a lot of mistakes and I'm not particularly good at these games. So like when you get to, you know, uh, a boss who is, who is a bottleneck and there's nowhere else to really go, it's kind of like, well, I'm going to have to like sit here in this misery and just be <laughs> sick of this until until it's over with until you finally get past it yeah so, whereas with something else like i can walk away from it and you know take a breather and think about something else maybe play something else but like that you know ends up being like just kind of an unfortunate side of it but when i'm actually playing the games you know for the show like when we're leading up to an area i have one character that i always you know just kind of like go through areas as we cover them for the show so it's like an area every two weeks you know it's a little bit more of a close close read and close play damn it's a lot of start uh, stop and start you know like i will run down uh, like a like a like a walkway and i'll pick up an item and be like ooh, such and such is there and i'll make a note of it and i'll go 10 feet further and like ooh, such and such is here and then i'll make a note of it and then like leave myself a note and say like go back and reference this, you know, so, and so like it's, I'm documenting the play, you know, in a, in a text document as I'm playing along. Um, but that is just kind of like a more zoomed in and just kind of like literal or rote process of what I would be doing anyway on that first playthrough, which is paying attention to it. And yeah, doing like the meta work on it. Like, Oh, this is how the season's going to break down. You know, here's yeah. who I would love to ask to talk about this with, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But like playing the actual game itself, I feel like it's kind of like, heightened it because I kind of know that I'm going to be expected to be able to voice my opinion on it and decide and vocalize why this works for me or why this doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so like that is extra pressure has a negative connotation, but I'm going to use it. It's extra pressure or incentive to really kind of engage with it fully and be mindful about like what's going on moment to moment and be a little bit more um, kind of thorough about drawing bigger connections or kind of like more wide reaching connections than I, than I otherwise would have in a thing that I, you know, otherwise would be experiencing kind of moment to moment and then doing the, uh, the investigation and archeology span on later. It's, it's interesting to me, interesting to me that, um, like if you didn't have the show, you may play the game a little slower because there's just so many people that I know, like not only in the duck feed community that you guys have created, um, that's you and Gary, your co-host from my fireside chat. Yeah, but also, yeah. also in like something awful and like the, the various Tumblr groups and things like that, that, that like immediately, as soon as the game came out, like they were, okay, I'm going to take a week off work. I'm going to do nothing but play <laughs> Dark Souls for four days. Like, this is going to be my life. I did it. Like, I'm like, I took a week off work, which is ridiculous, but you know, from Tuesday to Friday, <laughs> um, still didn't manage to finish the game somehow. I don't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting to me that you would maybe take it a little slower if you could, but you know, that extra, not pressure, but that extra like incentive, I guess maybe it's maybe a better word to, yeah. to, 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 to kind of get going with the game so you can get your season started. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's not new in the realm of like people who talk about video games, like reviewers talk about this all the time. They say, Oh, I wish I had more time, you know, to, 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 sure. to spend with this. Mm-hmm. 
I wish that, you know, um, you know, like that, that, that I was playing it under different circumstances. Cause I feel like I maybe wouldn't have engaged with it, you know, in a better way, but just in a different way that is more, you know, that is more comfortable. Like for me, it would have just been a matter of like the only other thing outside of the show that would make me want to beat it faster would be to avoid spoilers because, you know, every, every minute that ticks by, it becomes more and more acceptable to say something really big about what happens later on in one of these games, which is, which is fine because, you know, for a lot of people, the expectation is like everybody is engaging with it at the speed that they are. And, you know, the, 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 the statute of limitations has to, has to lift up sometime, right? I mean, it, so, it does. It has to. Like, you you have to at certain at a certain point be able to talk about. I mean, this came up when um you guys were like, I remember you like worrying about the naming of that first episode because, like, <laughs> the first episode has the word Firelink Shrine. Like, that's the area that you're in. Like, you have to name the episode what the area is. Like, you you can't just be like, yeah. it's episode one. Spoiler. Like, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. Um, it is, but like, it was a thing that like was suggested. Yeah, yeah was, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I interviewed. You know, like, uh, we're we're going to run into that again here real soon after Irithol. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, but uh, but that's the reason you guys have your spoiler policy. Like, that's the reason yep. you guys have outlined all that stuff. Yep. And you know, it's and it's a weird thing because not only we had a big discussion about this in Slack regarding um, Game of Thrones spoilers. Like, there's there's a line, and I don't necessarily think that the line is like. I don't think there's a hard line. I don't think you can say like, okay, it's been 48 hours since the release of thing. And now you can talk everything about thing. I don't think mm-hmm. that, that, that hard and fast rule will ever exist on the internet. I just think like maybe, Hey, don't be a jerk about it. Like in <laughs> <laughs> the, and the thing that I brought up was this dude, uh, Cliff Blazinski who has like a half a million followers, like, and he didn't even say anything spoilers. He was just like, fuck it. I'm going to say something spoilers about game of Thrones. And he didn't, but I was like, dude, like, you have a half a million people like listening to what you say. Maybe 10% of those probably haven't seen the episode. Probably more. <laughs> like, just don't be yeah. a jerk about it. Like it, it's just a ridiculous <laughs> yeah. thing. I I get so frustrated yeah. when it comes to the stuff like that. I, I really do because I want to be able to talk about th- stuff with my friends, but I don't mm-hmm. want to ruin it for other people at the same time. I don't want to have it ruined for me. I was lucky enough not to have like the Anne Orlando reveal spoiled for me. Um, I was lucky enough <sighs> to, like, not to have a lot of that stuff. Wait, you, you've played the game, right? You know, Anne Orlando, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played it. No, I was uh, the, the the reason I went ah, was because uh, because I had Firelink um, spoiled for me. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did too. I, well, I I actually I specifically spoiled that for myself, so I can't really say that mm. I, had, I had looked at that video. But um, like I know our our buddy Brian Wade heard that on a podcast where someone just casually mentioned Firelink Shrine, and he's like, "Well, that would have been a moment. <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of sucks." Yeah, and yeah. Like I would, I really would have loved to have, have experienced that. And not only that, like that was a month before release, so all of a sudden, you know, the the the, the wild possibilities, everything that this game could have been, kind of floating free in the ether, like suddenly crystallized around that one idea. And I spent a month thinking, "Fuck it." I'm going to be walking back over Lordran again. Yep. And like, and you you can't help but think that throughout the entire game, even after you have it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Even, even after I thought the exact same thing during, during Dark Souls two, but was wildly rebuffed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Dark Souls two just, man, that game just pushes back on any kind of effort to chain it to Dark Souls one. And, at the time, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. At the time, I thought I really wanted like Dark Souls one dash two, uh, but mm-hmm. now that I've got Dark Souls three, and I, 
I really like it. And I don't, I don't have as, I'm kind of like you. Like I don't, I don't have as many problems with the callbacks as I think some people on the internet do. And, uh, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm like, every time I see one, I just think that it's a missed opportunity for something new and better, which makes me think that I should probably like dark souls Two a lot more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, that's, that, that's exactly how we phrase it too. It's just kind of like, Oh, you know, th- think, think about if, if this had been a related, but new idea as opposed to the exact same thing with a slightly different name. You know, we say that, but then somebody fires back and says, you know, you guys are actually doing the same thing that you accuse them of doing. Like, think about what you could have said good in the time that you sent, that you spent complaining about the same thing over and over again. It's like, that's a, that's a really weird way to try and throw our exact words back in our face. <laughs> Seriously. Also a really like intellectually dishonest way to do it. It's like, eh, I don't know. Well, talking <laughs> about spoilers, um, like obviously, like there was some big stuff in Dark Souls three, but I think like the most amount that you could spoil a game would have been for Bloodborne, and Bloodborne is a game with like that huge twist right in the middle. Did you have any inkling that that was coming? I don't remember from the Bloodborne season if you talked about it or not. No, except for like just the the, the obvious kind of like Lovecraft uh, trappings around it. Um, I felt very fortunate to have played it entirely for the first time when I did because. You know, remember for the first two or so months after Bloodborne came out, you had uh, not only incredibly long loading times, but like you were just looking at the Bloodborne logo on the screen. Yeah. They didn't patch in you actually reading the item descriptions, which was honestly a really good idea because I go and I play that now and I see stuff about the nightmare and I see stuff about, you know, the celestials and aliens coming down. Like everything is in that text. And it feels like that would have been a great, you know, great way to do it. But like, I was genuinely shocked halfway through when it stopped being the werewolf game. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, like they 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 had they had a tremendous amount of tact and restraint to know when that had run its course and to like have something bigger for you to land on after they pull the rug out under you. You know, absolutely, yeah. But yeah. I I think that's oh man, I just there was. I didn't know anything really about Bloodborne going into it for whatever reason. Like I'd watched a couple of trailers and then was able to stop myself from watching anything else, which I wasn't yeah. able to do for Dark Souls three. And then that game just going like the moment. And I've talked about this before. Every, everybody that listens to this podcast is rolling their eyes right now because I've said it so much, but like <laughs> the moment that you kill Rom and like the moon comes down and you wake up in Yahargul, like, Whoa, <laughs> like that's just, it's like, it's a kind of a mind blowing thing when you realize like, holy shit, there's these weird creatures all over. Like I didn't see them before. Ah, like it's just <laughs> such a weird moment. Yeah. And you know, like w- w- what they faked into, like the, <laughs> the realm that they juked into is so much my shit that like, it's, uh, it's kind of like, ah, yes, it's for me. It's for me. Oh, weird dream logic. Awesome. Great. That's yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, that actually brings me into a question um, and we're about to hit time on a, cause I don't really like for these to go too much longer than an hour or so. But um, mm-hmm. that brings me into the question, like after dark souls three, they've kind of explicitly said like, Hey, this is the last dark souls game since then. They're kind of walking that back a little bit and say, well, maybe this is the first of the last dark souls games, which <laughs> t- t- to me just means like Namco handing bags of money out to people that work it from. But um, and they, they've yeah. also since come out and said, Hey, we're going to do something that's a total reboot of an earlier series, which people think is, uh, that mech game armored core. And then we're going to do core, something yeah. that's going to be like a medieval fantasy, but not dark souls. Um, but for you personally, and I know you have like a strong, 
survival horror kind of kind of feel um like <laughs> where would you like to see from software go like for the next their next big huge game like pie in the sky like no budget whatever like what would you like to see them do <laughs> i'd love to see them do echo night again um probably not going to do it but it would be neat to see them <laughs> to, to, to see them go for it uh you know i don't know like i i uh i'd like to see them do something like you know, that is over the top, um, you know, almost following along the lines of like platinum, like where is the from that did something like metal wolf chaos, you know, like that is a game that I've only ever been able to watch video of, but like that looks kind of crazy. Where's the from that did, uh, that did, that did Ninja blade. Um, I'm not necessarily hungry for more dark souls and more of the same. I'm interested to see them kind of apply those lessons to something outside of, you know, a genre or property that can be pretty much instantly identified by its camera angle. You know? Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you very and much so for not like, saying sci-fi Dark Souls, by the way. That's the number uh, one answer that I hear. <laughs> Thank yeah, you very no, much for like, everyone to do that. <laughs> you know, I, 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 like, I like sci-fi, but like sci-fi is essentially just fantasy with metal mm-hmm. um, all over the place instead of stone. Um and, you know, it'd probably have, like, a cyber dragon or something like that. Like, I could see it, but I also don't know what kind of, what kind of different story they could tell in that. Honestly, you know, just because, just because technology and sci-fi does, does, you know, just act like magic most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that would just be, like, a reskin. Just, like, add, add Tron to the end of everybody's name in Dark Souls, and you would probably get the same thing. And then Solaire Tron defeated his dad, Gwyntron. But then we found out, no, Solaire Tron was, you know, was not built by Gwyntron. <laughs> like, there you go, oh, it's fine. Like, they're all Gwendolyn robots. Gwendolyn Tron gets a little unwieldy, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> Calamitron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so here, here's, here's what I'll say. Uh, let's have them do something in the modern day. That would be kind of cool. Like, do like a do do like a horror adventure game in the modern day that has kind of a mechanical like treats death in a in a different way. Not so much like with you know gun combat, but um, I think that would be that would be kind of cool if you're looking for that kind of like broad stroke kind of thing. But like, I don't know. Like, if if I can call what they're what they're going to do next, and if I can like hope for it, you know, and get it like that immediately means that I'm not as surprised by it. Like I want to be shocked and kind of like blown away um, or just surprised. Uh, I just said three of the same word over and over again. <laughs> Sorry That's about okay. that. But like, I, I want, I want it to be something new and unexpected and I want it to come, you know, from, from, from a different place. And the fact that there are three of them coming down the, coming down the pike um, really does make me feel good about the chances of getting something great like that. You know, of them like, experimenting. That's that's really what I would I want them to do is just yes, like because they they've done know. so much weird stuff over the years. Like you mentioned, Echo Knight <laughs> just off just on the side, and I watched you play a little bit of that on one of your recent streams and was blown away. Mm-hmm. Like that game yeah. is just weird and crazy. <laughs> like it's just yeah. like the weird like you're a space astronaut with a heart condition that's on a like trapped <laughs> on a moon base or something. Like it's just yeah. and it, you spend the entire game. Correct me if I'm wrong like peeping on other people through the camera system. Like that was the whole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're, you're peeping on ghosts and you know, you're running from some ghosts, but you're solving ghost problems for other ghosts. Yeah. Just because <laughs> ghosts are not living doesn't mean that you should violate their privacy. That's not, it's not very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, just, it's, it's like super weird, you know? And yeah. like, you know, there, there, there's more to be said for it. Like, you know, just like there's, there's more of substance than, Oh, it's super weird dog, you know, to be, to be said about it. But like, I don't know, like it can't be tied to something else. Like it's hard to, 
hard to classify that genre of mm-hmm. you know of of what that is. And I would love for them to you know to do a little bit more stuff that's harder that's harder to define. And also, I don't like the idea that somebody somewhere you know is you know chained to a desk with golden handcuffs, you know, being made to work on the same thing for ten years. You know, like absolutely, because like the idea that um, from software can't turn down the millions and millions that Namco is probably offering them to make more Dark Souls games. And I just I just think at a a certain point, like your your dividends is not going to be great on that. Like they're not going to put enough creative energy into it. And I'm not I'm not talking bad about them. Like, I think they would probably treat any project with respect that it's due. But Mm -hmm. at a certain point, like you're not going to get blood from that turnip. Like (laughs) you've gotten every they've already you know, they already told us that, um, you know, where Gwen's son went. So what what are we going to do in Dark Souls 4? Are we going (laughs) to, you know. Well, we're are we finally going to go to the 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 actual Vinheim, school of Vinheim, or yeah. are we just going to do another Dark Souls? Like our even numbered Dark Souls twos is not going to have anything to do with the odd numbered Dark Souls. Like that, is that is it going to be Dark Souls two dash two? I'm down with that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that actually is not a bad idea. Now that I th- now that I say it out loud, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that theory that all the uh, Star Trek movies, all the even numbered ones are good, and all the odd numbered ones are bad. Oh yeah, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So it could be just one of those things. So. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um, Cole, thank you so much for spending the time and coming on my podcast. Again, I, I mentioned this earlier at the show, but uh, if it wasn't for you and Gary, I probably would not be doing anything like this. Oh. You guys were you guys were kind enough to invite me onto the first season of Bonfireside Chat. I think explicitly because I just would not stop leaving. I just would not stop pestering Gary in the podcast thread on something awful. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> um, and doing that kind of opened my eyes to like, hey, I, this is something I actually like to do. And now I'm doing this and the other thing. So, like, thank you very much for coming on and, and doing the thing. Well, no, that's and, uh, that's great to hear. And thanks for, you know, being such a great part of the DuckBeat community and just offering so much to that and uh, coming on the show so much. Like, it's uh, it is it is a real cool friendship. And that is one of the great things about not just the podcast stuff, but also Dark Souls. You get to meet cool people from it. Um, and yeah. uh, occasionally you find uh, you find out that like, oh, I like doing this whole new thing that could maybe become something else. Like it's it's all really cool. Um, and I'm very, very happy that uh, that I had the opportunity to come on here and uh, talk with you about this stuff. And tell people at home where they can find you on the various places of the Internet. Yeah, so I am at Cole Ross on Twitter. That is K-O-L-E-R-O-S-S. Um, and uh, that is where I tweet nonsensical things and also promote the various things that we do. Uh, we have a podcast network, duckfeed.tv. That's where you can find um, Bonfireside Chat and also like Watch Out for Fireballs, Epic Suffering, a bunch of other, other stuff, uh, most of it related to video games, but increasingly um, stuff that is not related to video games which is which is really cool and fun uh, and recently i just started a uh, new project uh or restarted a project that i had a while ago called hex crank uh which is uh kind of a uh, catch-all for anything that i do related to survival horror games so i'm doing chronological retrospectives on old uh survival horror games and horror themed games uh from the past and also uh sharing news stories that i find and uh streaming uh kind of just a, a random assortment of games that i think are cool and weird and i think uh, people would benefit from being able to see and 
I would recommend if you're going through the YouTube channel on the for all of his archive stuff to check out. Was it Rule of the Rose? Is that the <laughs> Rule of Rose? Yes, that Rule is of a... Rose. Yeah, that's a weird game, and I very <laughs> like it has a weird aesthetic that I was way into. And even my wife was like, "This is great. <laughs> what, what a game is this? You should play this." <laughs> yeah, um, it is incredibly rare, um, and it is incredibly weird, and is it is such a like a, like an evolutionary dead end with uh, with such a great style and like it is upsetting in ways that I am not used to video games like making me feel weird about you know like that I just it's it's inventive and how off-putting it is and like that is one of the best things I can say about a horror game and as always I've been your host Jeremy Greer at JG Greer on Twitter you can find this podcast on Twitter at DGUS podcast you can also email me your own soul story and come on the show and tell me all about it at DGUS podcast at gmail.com Thanks, and as always, I appreciate you listening.